Hello, and welcome to Composerscape. I'm done trying to guess the episode because last time I guessed it, I was wrong. So uh, it, this is our big DC Universe episode. Specifically, we are going to be delving into the Snyderverse. We have now both seen the four-hour spectacle that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. So we were going to do spoiler-free, but you know what? It's been over a week now. We're going to give the full on our thoughts. We're going to talk about things. And yes. and it's happening so, now. If you haven't seen it, pause this video. Yeah. Watch it. And four hours later, come back and hit resume. On the yes. yes, four hours and two minutes. <laughs> All we'll right. Be here. start off i've seen it i'm just gonna say four times um <laughs> three regular and once the uh black and white version and scott you have seen it once once you grew up through. a marvel guy and i grew up a dc guy although you grew up a comic book reader and i grew up watching super friends so i've been waiting for justice league to be since i was yeah. three because to be of fair, the i grew up on the super friends didn't really ever uh, I'll this is a really good point let's just go ahead and put this out there let's just lay this out on the table up front um I don't discriminate I don't pick sides favorites that kind of thing I mean everybody's got their own favorite stories and characters and things like that right um one of my earliest memories of going to the movies was seeing the original um Christopher Reeves, Superman. It's one of my earliest memories of going to the movies. And um, somewhere at my parents' house, there's still old, you know, what is like the um, Super 8, you know, the the old film reel-to-reel of me flying around in the front yard in my Superman underoos when I was like four. Like the scene at the end of Man of Steel. With a red towel. Yeah, exactly like that. So um, I don't, I don't choose sides. I don't pick favorites. Um, there's definitely oh, characters. Oh, I do remember in City of Heroes, your, your very first main character was a Superman, Superman type character. Clone. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm just saying um, I, I don't pick favorites. And there is something that I have seen a little bit of, and maybe you can point to some specific examples of this from the uh, Twitter sphere and the fans. And there's a little bit of a, um, I don't know how to describe it. Camps spring up, tribes, and there's a bit of a feeling of we beat Marvel, right? We won. We beat the Avengers. And why does there have I'm to be, be a winner? And you know what? We've got we're up to 40 followers. So since you've joined, <laughs> we've almost doubled. But we're getting there. People are watching it without me advertising. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, there are in the in the and it goes both ways. There are Marvel people that won't watch a DC movie, and they always make excuses. That. They'll be like, "Well, Zack Snyder's the DC is so dark." You know, even Ryan Reynolds made a joke, but make no mistake, it was a joke. He wanted to be in Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is another mm. story I'll get into. Yeah, um, but and it and you know, forget the put the movies aside. This this been going on forever it's like you can't why can't i read superman and the x-men there, there are like some people who'd be shocked at that shocked. really it's like shocked yeah i've I met don't understand jeff campbell dr jefferson campbell is a yeah. marvel guy yeah and i asked him once it's like have you seen someone says like hell no he's like hell no that's dc like mm. literally, I think he watched the Batman movies because they reached the zeitgeist. You know what I mean? Sure. But other than that, he is the only comics he read was Marvel and it's like a team. And that carried okay. over to the movies, even though someone like Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige loves, loved Man of Steel, as far as I know, in Batman v Superman. And he's like, I hope they succeed. And everyone's like, oh, Marvel is competing with Warner Brothers. Disney is competing with Warner Brothers. It's like, unless they release a movie 
on the same weekend, which if you notice, they generally don't do. They're not no, competing. Of course not. Yes. No. They I, all I, just want to make a billion dollars on their movie, so they don't. Black yeah. Panther did not release the same weekend as Aquaman. It would have killed both movies. Right. Both those movies made a billion because they released yeah. about a month apart. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something I'd love to hear more people speak up about. Um, and, and in general, that is the way that social media tends to work. People that yeah, are get along and easygoing and agreeable types of folks that generally don't find things to complain about. We're just on there kind of reading the news, minding our own business, and the comment section is filled with people who are apparently angry oh, about comment something. sections. So. <laughs> and that reminds me. Yeah. It, and then, uh, oh, I'm never going to find this because these guys tweet a lot. The Russo brothers, you know. Yeah. Probably the best directors in the MCU. Tony and Joe. Uh, the day before the Snyder Cut came out, posted a really nice message for Zach and I can't find it on Twitter saying they were, Oh, here we goes. Here it is from two superhero junkies to another. So excited that your vision has truly been realized. Much respect. We'll be watching along with everybody else from the Russo right brothers. That's awesome. Straight to Zach. Yeah. Anyway, so that's yeah. the thing. You got the Marvel versus the DC and I'm sorry. It's BS. I, I well, to me this, is, and I think it is to you too. This is a feast. Yeah. We get we get Falcon and Winter Soldier the day after Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it's going to keep going. And then immediately we're going to get, I think, Loki's next. Yeah, I think that's right. And then the um, Suicide Squad in like August. That looks brutal. So let's talk about the film. Some things yeah. that I j- just very general observations that I want to uh, point out. And um, I think there's definitely some parallels that we can draw here from my perspective anyway, some people may disagree with this. We've talked about some of the other DC continuity films in the past. And in particular, I definitely feel like um, I'm a huge fan of Christopher Nolan. Um, He's probably one of my favorite writer, directors, filmmakers, definitely one of my top three. Um, (laughs) I'm an extraordinarily huge fan of Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale is a fantastic actor. And I think people, I, I think the, the um, Nolan Bale uh, Batman trilogy kind of stands on its own. Um, it didn't um, have any obligation or didn't have the need to tie into anything else in the way that a lot of the MCU stuff does. They stand on their own. And as a fan of Christopher Nolan films, you know, his, fingerprints and his style and his very signature kind of filmmaking is all over it. Those are Christopher Nolan films. They're also, obviously they're also Batman films, right? And so there's these layers and these different levels that you can view the movie that way. Now I am also a Zack Snyder fan and going back to his treatment of the Watchmen, which there were many moments in this justice league film that I was kind of awed by his um, the, the photography, the cinematography, the pacing, the way that he has of kind of like taffy pulling these moments where the, the strain and the emotion kind of gets, it's like squeezing toothpaste out of, yeah. a, out of a tube where you almost feel for a moment like this scene is almost going on too long, but the music is great and the pacing and the scenery and the cinematography and everything is just right. So, and it's the same experience when you watch the director's cut of the Watchmen, which is not quite three hours long. I think it's like two hours and 45 minutes long, right? It's not a short movie. And um, between uh, films like that, 300, um, there's another one I'm forgetting. People are going to poke Sucker fun at Punch? me. Uh, maybe. I have um, not seen Sucker Punch. I've been waiting. To and see that's a little more. Like, Sucker Punch is a little bit more of just kind of a frenetic action. Yeah, um, the point here is fun, that though. this was a Zack Snyder film. Oh, yeah. And the differences between this and the theatrical release um, is... They should take his name off of the theatrical release. They legitimately should. He didn't direct that. (laughs) um, 
I mean, there's plenty of footage and plenty of the story that remains in the Zack Snyder um, cut Did you of catch this the versus the theater. That were literally in the theatrical cut that Joss Whedon reshot. Like the whole Bruce Wayne yes. first conversing with Aquaman. Yes. They completely reshot that. Right. Um, so we get that point, though. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think I said it. My point was that, um, you know, there is uh, a huge element of this for fans of film and fans of, you know, directors that have a unique and signature style. If you're a fan of, of Zack Snyder's other movies, right, there's a, an appreciation to be gleaned from just watching this aside from the DC film universe and tying into man of steel and Batman versus Superman, the wonder woman movies, Aquaman, this is uh, an opus, right? This is definitely a a Zack Snyder film. And um, I, I, that's, that's one of my biggest takeaways from it. I've got lots of other things we can get into um, details here, but I, that's where I kind of would, would explain this film to people. I love that feeling, and there are other directors I get that from, Christopher Nolan being one of them, where when you leave the theater, it's not, that was awesome. It's like, what did I just see? (laughs) I'm going to need to process this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then after a couple of days, you know if it hit. And for me with Zack Snyder, actually, I'll be honest, Watchmen took me more than a couple of days. Watchmen was my first Zack Snyder experience, I'm fairly certain. Yeah. Um, it was either that or the 300 and they both took me a while. And now it's like, Oh yeah, that was art. That was, it's like, it's this action movie. And it's, it's like you take something that's supposed to be very simple form, a very pop form, and then do it from an artist's perspective. And it's, it's hard to process and you don't just walk out of the theater going, yeah, that was badass. Woohoo, fights. Mm -hmm. So I had the same thing with Justice League, but then after I watch it the second time, which is why I say you need to watch it a second time, is then you start you'll start to settle into your opinion. And for me, I've got it up there with Infinity War. Yeah. That four hours, you know, it's four hours. The only reason I know it's four hours is because I gotta set the block of time aside to watch it. But once I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my god, I'm on part five. Yeah. It's been three well, hours. In the age of binging television show right seasons of tv shows right where people will quite literally watch five or six episodes of a tv show in an evening um it's sometimes bad it's not really that significant right the are you still watching (laughs) are you still there um so um definitely um just from a filmmaking standpoint i I think it, it stands above anything else in the dc um, universe i mean that including zach snyder's crazy. other uh, other releases right um so um I, i'll still have to wait i have to watch man of steel again because that one has always been like whenever people are like what's your favorite dc movie i'm like man of steel man of steel is the, the best period and yeah. i actually take it over the nolan batmans man of steel just is so like if i'm ever feeling a little down in the dumps bam man of steel put that on and I'm yeah. just like energized. I don't know why, but yeah. Man of Steel is one of the more perfect superhero movies for me. But Justice League is going to give it a run for its money. And, th- and there's just a few scenes that immediately pop to mind. Justice well, League, I think it tapped into something that I that, that really gets someone like me. Is like, I loved Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings were the, until the Justice League was announced and the Avengers and all of that. And these big superhero team ups started happening. Lord of the Rings was it for me. There's like, they're making movies of Lord of the Rings. I watched those cartoons repeatedly oh, as a child. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden Zack Snyder takes my two favorite genre, or two of my three favorite genres. is like, we're just going to do this like this. We're going to take superhero movies and Lord of the Rings and put them together and see what we get. And I'm like, and that's what it is. Hmm. That's like his one of his biggest influences, other than several different comic books, is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, I don't think we plan to do a sort of scene by scene or sort of not chapter now by chapter <laughs> kind of breakdown of the, of the film. We're probably going to bounce around a lot. Um, something you said, I think one of the biggest things I appreciated about this movie, and this is towards the end. It's definitely in the the 
the latter portions of the film, I mean, first of all, you have to understand that Superman is dead for dead uh, for most of the story. And yep. since you brought up Man of Steel, I want to, I want to say this in the theatrical release, they zapped him, brought him back to life. And then he flies away. And I think we got this very brief scene of him just saying, Lois, I got to deal with this. I'm out. And he disappears until essentially the very end of the movie. He swoops in. Oh, yeah. thank goodness he's here. And yeah. So in the Zack Snyder version of the film, we actually get to see Clark Kent, Superman, process the fact that I was dead. I was gone, right? The world appeared to kind of move on without me. And he takes Lois to their childhood home. And clearly it seems to take him a little bit of time to kind of snap back into reality. And she's worried. Lois is very worried for, for, for a moment there where she thinks is, you know, the lights are on, but it doesn't look like anyone's home. You haven't said anything. And when he finally speaks, she said, Oh, you, you spoke. And he says something like, is that not something I used to do? And so you could tell yeah. she's she's very concerned that you know you just that um, scene you were, was you, so gorgeous. How? But you get to see him process all of this, and you know, as opposed to the theatrical release where he just flies away, and then at the end of the movie he's back and uh, welcome back, Superman. But they hope, literally hope took you're out doing all okay. character development in that cut. It right. And I guess that's what I'm getting at. You actually get to see um, there's a short arc there where he kind of processes it all and and kind of, I think, um, gets to square with himself what happened in the previous film. And, you know, when he comes to, he's angry at Bruce, you know, but he sees Batman and he's very angry about it. And yeah, that was intense. Um, and <laughs> when he just yeah, sees and it he, and starts going towards him. And, and speaking of Batman, his that. character arc was brilliant too. Because at the end of BVS, you know, in Batman v Superman, Batman was was broken. Batman was destroyed because the Joker killed Robin. Mm-hmm. So, but then when he fights Superman and all this happens, he finds his humanity again. But even then he's not okay because he still goes to the warehouse and he's still killing dudes, right? Yeah. But when Superman dies for humanity... Then all of a sudden, we get this new Bruce Wayne that we see in Justice League. The the Alfred's like uh, Alfred's like why he's like why do you think he'll come? And he's like because faith, Alfred. And all of a sudden, you have this yeah. Bruce Wayne that's right. It took a different turn from the Dark Knight Returns Bruce Wayne, the uh, Frank yes. Miller Bruce Wayne, and now he's back more to a he turns uh, a corner, kind of yeah. Like, that's I'm right. I'm a superhero now, and I'm doing the right thing, and I have faith yeah. that Superman's going to come save us. So he goes into this suicide mission because there's no way they're winning without Superman. Hope just knowing he's going to come. Yep. No, it's a good point. Um, There are some, and I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. I mean, I think there were some scenes in the film that, and I probably need to watch it again, but there were definitely some scenes in the film that I didn't fully understand. I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there. Um, so in the first act, one of the earlier scenes of the film, you see this much more drawn out kind of longer version of Bruce searching for Arthur Miller, for the Aquaman. For Arthur Curry. And he's Arthur Curry. <laughs> Not sorry. The author. Arthur, yeah. <laughs> Arthur Curry. Sorry. Um, and he's, you know, he's going over this mountain and he's in the snow and he's and he comes to this little town, right? And it's the same town we saw in the in the first one. And I, I guess you can't get to that town by boat at that time of year because it's, you know, the, the part of the world that they're in, the ice, right? He can't get there. Still, in my mind, I'm thinking he's Bruce Wayne, right? He's got some kind of bat jet or something that, you know, he can... There was probably an easier way for him to get there, but I digress. Well, There's but- a... All right, I have a I have a valid like this is like now it's just us comic book guys. Let's just put Justice League aside. If this were a okay. comic book, 
The reason he doesn't show up in the Batwing or in his helicopter or in anything else is because what he knows is that Arthur Curry, the Aquaman, sees that coming. Okay. Arthur Curry, the Aquaman, going to jump in the bay, swim away. That's a good point. He's never going to meet him. That's a good point. No, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. Although, and didn't they say something about no helicopters were allowed in or something during the conversation? Okay. okay. Maybe they did. I need to go back and watch it again. You do. Um, although, in the conversation... <laughs> like, Claire, I need to a, read House of M in its entirety, and you need to rewatch Justice League. It seems apparent in the conversation that Aquaman doesn't really know who the Batman is. And he's kind of surprised, right? He's like, so you, you fight bad guys dressed as a bat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's carried on since Batman v Superman. The well, Batman was never a public figure other than the bat signal. Yeah. Like criminals probably knew who he was and right. people who he, he generally doesn't go around saving rich people. Right. He's saving yeah. like commoners and stuff like that and right. getting bad guys off the street and dealing with the Joker, but he's never in the strictest, like original version of Batman. He's, he's, he's a ninja. He's sure. But yeah. now he's famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even then, maybe not, because Lois Lane wasn't around to report on all this. No one knows this giant battle with Steppenwolf happened. Oh, yeah. Fair Except enough. the uh, Star Labs oh. and the military. So the scene in this uh, Icelandic, Nordic village, wherever it is that they are, um, somewhere in the Iceland, um, I'm not entirely sure how I was supposed to interpret the way that the village and the, the women, they're singing this song. When he goes off in the sea and they pick his sweater up off the ground like it's some kind of holy relic, I guess they kind of worship him. Yep. And they're singing some kind of a folk hymn almost. And that's actually what it thing. is. I, um, yeah, it's some, something something about the sea. Um, okay. He is um, much like Diana and, and Kal-El and um, – I mean, you remember the Justice League cartoon at the end when Diana is like – you know, to to Shazam, he's like, she's like, you're Zeus, and then the Flash, you're oh, yeah. Mercury, and and she lists it all, and that's really, and that's what Zach is really, he refers to it as like the all the gods, which is based yes. on the Joseph Conrad, the hero's journey. They're all yeah. gods, right? So, and I think that scene was to say, he comes once a year or whenever, however often a king tide happens to bring them yeah. food, gotcha. and he comes out of the sea, so he right. is a god to them, even though. Okay. This is why we have these talks, so I can understand the movie. Um, if I well, stop well, to get you know, more thought. No, that, it makes a lot of sense. Snyder, he'll, he'll clear all it. Actually, with what I think would happen if we ever had Zach talk to us, you all would end up talking about Marvel comics the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, Also, he's a huge Star Wars fan, so we would get off on that tangent. And who wants to see an adult Zack Snyder Star Wars movie? <laughs> and we're back (laughs) yep and we're back so we are we took a a a brief break so you won't think we're complete lunatics because we've been like now we're going to get into a, a little bit of minutia. We're going to talk some Easter eggs. And I think over the coming weeks, there's a good chance we'll probably like break it down further without devoting a whole episode to it. So, Scott, I want, to pose, I want to pose a question. And there are many examples of this, and it usually looks amazing. And what was interesting here with the Justice League is that all of the scenes with the Flash weren't always this way. But here's the question. A character has super speed, but the scenes are in slow motion. Well, there were uh, yeah. one a character has super ma- speed in many movies in and shows. Movie they do that. Snyder, the slow motion king of cinema. Yes, <laughs> it was yes. destiny. Yes. But when he didn't do the slow motion, I think, and every and there was literally an article saying there was ten minutes and so and so seconds of slow motion in this movie. Yeah. Or it's something like that. But it's when he didn't do the slow motion, 
that blew my mind. For instance, with the Flash, yes. when the Flash runs out of the building and everyone comes out and then the rocks are falling. And instead of doing that in slow motion, we get to yeah. see what it looks like in full speed. To, the, right. Right. That was badass. Yes. And, but so when he's traveling like at, like near the, as they say, uh, in a percentage of the speed of light, like when he's going to get Wonder Woman's sword, it's like, even in slow motion, you see him moving. Well, like the flash is again, the I'm fastest not, I, thing. That's yeah. right. And I don't want to, I don't want to no, make no. a lot of comparisons from different directors and different films. But before you go there, what I was going to say is the other example of a non-slow motion thing that he would often do is slow motion that they, oh, it boggles my mind why this got cut out of the theatrical is when Wonder Woman bursts in to stop the bankers. It's mostly slow motion because she's got what, 15 seconds. But the very first shot mm. of her deflecting bullets with her super speed going, that oh, yeah. blew me up. You yeah, should watch. Excellent. Do you know who Leslie Jones? Tell me, you know who Leslie Jones is. I've, 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 I'm way ahead of you. Saturday, we, you we used saw to read her, her live tweets. You got to watch all of them. That's we used to oh watch God. her um, game of Jones. Oh yes, it's like game of Jones. It. But there's yes. there's got to be two hours worth of tweets of her yelling at the screen, yeah. and it's awesome. So she didn't throw it high enough. <laughs> the, anyway, um, go on more about the Flash because we. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is, you know, one, I think the first time that this was, and still, I, I have to say this, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The best scene of a, a superhero with super speed that being used in a film in a similar is the, the days of future past is the Evan Peters Quicksilver. Yeah, that's scene number where two he's in the, where they're breaking out of the Pentagon yep. and he's, you know, pulls the guy's pants up and everything. And what's interesting there is that, it starts out in slow motion, but then you get to see he's moving normally while the rest of the world is moving in slow motion. And I have no yeah. idea the hours and the dollars that went in with the CGI and how in the world they pull that off. Right. But it's, it's ama- it looks amazing. Right. But if that was the only thing, it, occasionally some of the scenes where the flash is doing his speed force thing and everything's kind of moving in slow motion. I'm like, I get it. Right. Because, Oh, I don't have super speed and I can't watch it. The difference is, is it was a difference of opinion in the way uh, that Zach and Ezra thought the Flash would have to move at that. Like with the scene yeah. where he's reviving Superman and it looks like he's moving in slow motion. It's not he's moving in slow motion. It's that he's taking these giant leaps because he's moving so fast. He's not yep. going to do the Bugs Bunny run. Sure. Fast. Yep. He does these yeah. giant leaps. And, and he's using speed force as opposed to actual super speed. That's right. And what was amazing about that is clearly um, Ezra had taken some time and, and apparently really studied how speed runners, you know, Olympic runners, their form, like what he did mm. with his hands. I'm like, he looks like those guys that run the 40 he's yard awesome. dash in the Olympics. Right. He, he really... But he, he had that down. He nailed that. I was um, going to put down that much like the days of future past speedster scene was my favorite until this movie. And the, and, and it's, I guess it's more, it's less because they're both equally amazing visually with a, yes. to me, I'm more yes. amazed by the justice league, but the emotional content of the flash saving the justice league, like yes. they're dead. The world is being exploded, and he's just like, "Stop!" Right. Yep. And then he reverses time, but the speech he gives himself—holy shit! That this yeah. Ezra right there owned that. That it's like I'm getting chills thinking about it. And to me, yeah. and when he's running, you notice the world is being reconstructed under yes. his feet. The yeah. lights are being popped back up as he's running right. backwards in time, and that. And it took me a minute to actually realize that what we were seeing was the shockwave. From this explosion, mm-hmm. moving in reverse. They it show the explosion earlier in the movie when Cyborg, yeah, um, when he first connects to the mother box, it shows him all that's gonna that could possibly happen. Yeah. They show the world <laughs> what was yeah, yeah. happening. Well, um, I don't misunderstand me. I think they he did a fantastic job when I say he Zack Snyder. Um, the the CGI, the effects, the whole the presentation. Um, it's the it's the best 
flash that there's ever been in a film, and I don't know oh, that yeah. there are any other examples that I, I mean, can even in the theatrical cut, the flash I mean, was been, great. Flash has been in at least two television shows, three. He's been in in TV shows, and uh, well, you know the CW show, but he's been TV in Arrow and Girl and yeah. every other thing. I mean, the the budget is don't smaller. Don't I love Justin. You know, it's, Justin's I, I, a great Flash. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Ezra's the best so far. Um, yeah, I, I I thought that um, the most noticeable difference between this film and the theatrical release was in the writing and the script and the development of his character was very different. And yep. he had that, there was a I've been dying to talk to you about this. Yeah, and you were he, when we had it on a previous episode. We we're like, what's we the Flash do? He's yeah. supposed to be this criminal guy. Yeah. And they cut it out. He was getting his degree. And that's, that's right. totally how he could have had the accident in right. a lab at a university. Yes. yes. He was and getting his degree. He didn't just randomly get a low level job at a CSI. Something- he already, he probably already knows this stuff. That's, that's further down on the list. I wanted to say the, what I think is the most important character aspect that's the big difference, and we talked about this on a previous episode, is in the theatrical release, The Flash is basically thinking, what the hell do you want me to do? I run fast. All I do is I usually just zip in and sort of poke someone in the eye, and then I run away. But so Zach was like, what? When no, someone asked yeah. him, it's like, does he say that? Zach's like, what? what? Why yeah. the fuck would he say that? It's yeah. The Flash. Yeah. He could touch someone and send them flying across a room. Yeah. Because he's like a bullet. Yes. Um, and that, thinking about what I said earlier about the physics of super speed, when he goes through the window at the at the pet store, oh, when he rescues Art, that. and it they makes perfect sense because all he has to do is just reach out and touch, right? He's trying to, you know, give it the, the smallest surface area there to just go through the window and, the, that and it just shatters little clip. Out has been floating around since 2017. Oh. I think it was like briefly in the trailer for the original movie for the theatrical now, cut. That was the funniest moment in the entire four-hour movie. The best, like, you know, and dog. I love the fact that they gave The Flash some humor. The hot, <laughs> the hot dog. Suzanne and I both looked at each other and was like, what does he do? Why did he grab a hot dog? And I thought he's going back. He to the thinks pet store. the speed of light too. He's going. He's going back to the pet store. He's going back to the to the dogs. And she's like, I love oh. that they kept the humor, but made him smart. He's supposed yes. to be, yes. Like, it's like at one point Aquaman's like, I hope you two know what you're doing. Talking about the Flash and and Cyborg. Yeah, when they were doing their electric thing. <clears throat> and I want to mention this too. We're just going to hit on all the crazy things. That scene, the Superman revival scene. And now I've seen it a few times. They're doing the uh, cyborg says, I always said, Ray, well, it is Ray, Ray Fisher. He says, all right, I'm going to count for, uh, you know, on, you know, count from three. He goes, three, two, one. Sees all the crazy thing. We get to see dark side, kill Aquaman, the, the Omega beams. You can't dodge the Omega beams and neither can whoever save Aquaman. I almost forgot. We got to see them. Granted, yes, awesome. it was just they in this little... I haven't seen him above ground. That's right. I mean, you see who Superman was cradling right before Darkseid put his hand on his shoulder. I'm going to have to if watch this movie Aunt again. If or Uncle Owen, I'll give you a hint. Who's the key to Superman? What? Who is I'm the gonna key? I'm going to have to go back and watch this scene again. It was Lois, right? Lois. He was cradling a fried to the crisp Lois. But anyway, so that all happens. And then he says, I swear, and I've seen it. I've seen this scene four times now. And I am now 85% certain that he does not say go. He says no. And then the flash is like, what? Did you say go? And then the mother box hears, or the spaceship hears go and drops the mother box and resurrects Superman. Yeah. So... To be clear here, how is it that he was able to see all of that? Motherbox showed him. And Ray Fisher said, someone asked him, is like, is that what's, it was literally like the question from um, uh, Christmas Carol. It's like, was that a future that is going to be or that could be? And Ray Fisher's like, that he saw one potential future. Okay. He saw the nightmare future. Right. We've seen two scenes of the nightmare future already. And yeah. that's the future where 
um, somehow Darkseid kills Lois, and with Lois dead, Clark slash Kal-El loses all hope and all reason and yeah. succumbs to the anti-life equation. That's the right. evil Superman you see in the future is he has succumbed to the anti-life equation. I think in yeah. the cartoon, uh, Batman was the one that succumbed, not Superman. Um, this is super hair splitting, but if I'm not mistaken, there's a couple of times in the in the in this movie where they refer to a dark side and apocalypse and that their entire force is being from essentially an alternate reality from another yep. universe is the term that they use. And I don't yeah, ever they, remember that being presented in any comics, animated shows, movies ever saying that dark sides from a, a parent, some other, you know, quantum reality, right? He's like crossing dimensions in order to get here. He's just on another planet. Well, in all fairness, the ones that said that were the Amazons. Yeah. And although they're like all powerful, they have not really been in the modern world. True. And fair enough. 5,000 right. plus years. But right. also it's, I don't know. It's an interesting, like I put it this way. If you read, there was a recent storyline in justice league, the uh, comics where it wasn't that recent now, God, thank you. Pandemic. It's been like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, you know, the uh, monitor and the anti-monitor, right. From crisis mm-hmm. on infinite earths. Yeah. Well, apparently they have a mother and she's horrible and <laughs> they all live in, they don't live in any specific universe. So I kind of feel like dark side, it's the same issue. He doesn't right. live in the Zack Snyder movie or maybe even in the comics. I don't know. I haven't read enough about dark side. He hadn't shown up in a while, like not in the two years I've been reading comics. Um, maybe he lives in, in a different universe and just screws with all the other universes. Right. And the boom tubes it, can't cross universes, right? Right. I have no idea. I don't, I don't have, yeah, I haven't read the manual. There's more know. reason to restore the Snyderverse. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> because um, I want to see, see this world now. Right. Um, there is an analog to that in the Marvel Universe. And I think several episodes back, we actually, when we toyed with the idea of doing a book club, um, we toyed with the idea of um, reading the um, the Everything Dies, that the whole where, um, you know, the... Um, the Illuminati and they get together and realize that, you know, earths are crashing together and they become aware of this. Oh yeah. That's, sort of that's, on, that's, that's not one of the ones we can't read because it's not available. Right. We just decided right. to do how them first. Yeah. 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 We also talked about what's funny going back to the very beginning of this episode. We also talked about digging up the only legitimate published Marvel and DC crossover event that to my knowledge has ever been it's the justice league and the Avengers big crossover event, which is an amazing you story, want to know but how to make two movies that even make $2 billion. Yeah. Warner brothers and Disney get together and get Zack Snyder and the Russo brothers, uh, two movies, the Avengers versus the justice league, complete non-canon in both universes. <laughs> Full cast, Cavill, Affleck, Gal Gadot, Chris Evans, everybody. Tony, uh, Tony, Don, Robert Downey Jr., everybody. <laughs> Tony, Tony, It would be Jr. expensive to make, but hmm. that would be the, that Avatar wouldn't have a <clears throat> chance. That movie, <laughs> one of those movies would make, it wouldn't matter if it's stupid. It would make a ludicrous amount of money. Right. And at the Service. end, of course, they would both have to get together to fight both Thanos and Dark Side, which, right. oh, I want to see that movie. Okay, well, <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to to, to the Snyder thing here. Well, um, last thing, little tidbit that I wanted to mention, and you were very very excited about getting to see Martian Manhunter, and your prediction was correct as far as the casting, right? The character goes, and you're right; it's a little creepy when you think about it. he was the Secretary of Defense in Batman vs Superman. Right? I will say Zach it. did specify that he admitted it was more like a remember when an Empire Strikes Back when Leia kisses Luke and George Lucas swore up and down that he had it planned from the beginning that they were brother and mm-hmm. sister. Right. But Carrie Fisher says, no, he thought of that on the plane after Empire Strikes Back. That was a new idea. Zach admitted that in Man of Steel, he's like, no, in Man of Steel, I didn't really think about it. But he said, but in Batman v Superman, he's like, yeah, I was like, this is 
he's this is my Martian Manhunter. Yeah. So yeah, it was creepy that he was Secretary of State. Um, what do you think the significant was significance was of the scene where he basically impersonates it, Lois, isn't it? Yeah, you know? it is. What I I hit on. I don't know if we were recording when I did. No one knows. Batman v Superman, um, Man of Steel, Lois Lane is telling the world about the things they need to hear that they 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 don't want it. Like like Perry said, you're gonna just drop this story that we're not alone and that everything people know is wrong and this and that. And she's like, and then she leaks it anyway. Um, but in Justice League, she's completely absent. Right. So this whole battle happens, the battle in the tunnels um, and and the final battle in the middle of nowhere, and no one knows about it because there's no Lois Lane. And that's why he's like, he went there to get her out of her funk because yeah. like he said, the world's need Lois, the world needs Lois Lane. Because they do. That makes sense. In his okay. universe, she's the one that tells everyone what the hell's going on. Yeah. Which well, is okay. fun. There's a couple of things in a movie that was filmed in 2016 that are so relevant now. And that being right. one of them, that the media is important. And well, they're not all fake news, horrible people that should be. Um, in the interest, I guess, of keeping this podcast somewhat succinct um let's kind of move to the the epilogue of this movie and since we're on the topic of martian manhunter i feel like i feel like bruce wayne's his affect when the martian manhunter shows up on his back he's like sure cool yeah i mean i I didn't know what to make of that. I mean, I, I don't know if he's just, like you said earlier, we have a sort of brighter, more hopeful Batman at this point. Yes. And since they, that, they won and he's like, okay, and we can do two, this. And, I think he didn't see him in any nightmares. <laughs> right. Um, and the impression I've gotten from Martian Manhunter, that the reason he disguises himself is his own self-conscious thing that he thinks when people see him, sees him they'll be afraid of him his appearance but the fact is is and they did such a good job with the cgi that despite his alien appearance when you looked at him he didn't look evil he just looked but here's the other thing and off when we weren't recording you were like what's the deal with green lantern yeah and that was supposed to be john stewart oh really he wanted to film a scene at the very end where John Stewart comes up representing the Green Lantern Corps. Oh, Warner I see. Brothers Instead of Martian Manhunter, you didn't allow it. He has him okay. cast. It's um one of the guys that's in a um Army of the Dead, um the African American gentleman in that. I can't remember the guy's name, but we've seen him in other things. Very, very good actor. Perfect. Just like if you saw him, it's like this dude is definitely John Stewart. Okay. Um, had the whole thing planned. They're like, we refuse to let you do this. And then they also like, and this is back in 2017. They're also like, Martian Manhunter's stupid. Why do you want him in there? Clearly, who doesn't understand the comics now? Execs don't understand them. The Martian Manhunter is literally sure. a founding member of the Justice League. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. And possibly the most powerful character, although the way Zach's angling it, it's looking like it's going to be Cyborg. But Martian yeah. Manhunter is possibly the most powerful character in the DC comics on the hero side. He's got, I know Superman fan right there. You're cringing, but Martian Manhunter no. can take over. He's like Professor X plus Superman. Yeah, I mean, this is super nerdy comic kind of stuff here. We're going to kind of argue theoretically, you know, their weaknesses. Um, kryptonite is a lot more rare than fire. That is true. Fire is much more common. Ah, ah, but don't forget, there are two characters right now in the actual movie universe that can mess Superman up and Martian Manhunter would know about him because he knows about everybody. Black Adam and Shazam. Oh yeah. 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 Magic is kryptonite to Superman. Right. Um, well, but back to let's, let's focus on justice league. And and remember I told you that, that I have to say this 
the really nerdy thing I got so excited about it was that the boom tubes boomed. That first yeah, scene right. where we first see boom tube on Themyscira and it knocks all the Amazons back against the wall. It was like, yes, because in the comics, mm-hmm. when a boom tube goes off, they'll just go boom. They put a giant panel spanning, yeah. often page spanning word boom. Right. I loved it. And I loved that underwater it didn't boom quite as much. Yeah. That scene was like horror movie stuff. When Steppenwolf goes to take the mother box and the guards are kind of looking over the edge and then he comes up from the depths to grab him. Yeah, Steppenwolf. We haven't really said anything about that, but the um, the animated armor was not very cool. cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Like when um, he was going into battle, the thing went... Mm-hmm. Oh, um, memes have already been going around of sad Steppenwolf when he calls and decides like you you can't come home until you give us 50,000 words and he's literally making the face of um puss in boots from shrek 2 <laughs> he's got his <laughs> big black eyes going and then if you watch the animation he like gulps it's crazy but that's that's weta digital that's the same people that did the special effect that that those are the people that make Gollum. gotcha steppenwolf is possibly the biggest upgrade visually to this movie other than literally getting to see dark side and Desaad and and granny goodness although granny goodness they kept her in the back because they weren't able to cast her yet so Desaad, i just i couldn't help it i just i had to put this out there every time we saw Desaad, all i could think of was the the character clytus from the 1980 flash gordon film Oh my God! I'm that, people that are familiar so with that bad. movie are going to know exactly who I'm talking about. But that's all that I can think twice. of. Clytus. Um, this character looks kind of like Doctor Doom, <laughs> metal face plate with a big cloak. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk about the post-apocalyptic what-if kind of future in the epilogue. We get this part of that footage. And none of the footage that was in the theatrical release was in this movie. Nope. Where they actually capture Batman and he's he's going thinking he's finding a shipment of kryptonite in the in the theatrical the release. They, yeah, they, they set this trap and he goes into this truck and he thinks he's getting a chunk of kryptonite and he opens up the crate and it's just like a green flashlight. Then they capture him. Superman shows up before he, you know, he kills these prisoners. We don't get any of that, but rather we well, see no, a that scene where it's Superman. We got that then. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. You're the the so, new nightmare sequence is a different time, and I, I can't. What's well, clearly the same really lays out a lot for us. You see the armies of the parademons, and the world is in flames, and they're trucking across some sort of post-apocalyptic Mad Max scene, and it's. Um, it's Batman and um, who else is with them? It's uh, um, Mara. And you're talking about in Justice League, League, not Batman v Superman. Yeah, yeah, right? yes, correct. Um, it's Batman, Mira, Batman. Mira with um, the uh, the Trident of Atlan, um, Deathstroke, Deathstroke, and that's what I was trying to think of. In the Flash, yeah. Deathstroke the without Flash. his mask on. None of this right, would be possible without the Flash and Cyborg, right? Because, and then it's really interesting. When they meet the Joker, oh my God, that was so perfect. I will admit I was wrong. I thought Batman would use the his F-bomb when he saw like one of the big villains and be like, oh, fuck. But no, it was yeah. threatening the Joker. That Their interaction, holy shit, that was amazing. That whole interaction. And if you see behind the scenes, like Zack Snyder is literally like this far from Jared Leto's face with the camera the whole time. But Jared Leto's Joker told us a lot. One- that's not their only attempt. So what we saw in that nightmare sequence is not possibly the same timeline as what we saw in Batman v Superman. They may have tried this over and over and over again. Cause Jared Leto's like, how many times, how many timelines have you done this in where you can't face up that you have to sacrifice yourself to win? He's like, but no, you send me to do it. And Jared Leto's mm-hmm. brilliant. I mean that how, just, they filmed that in Zack Snyder's freaking backyard. Did they? Yeah. Um, well. But um, you were asking something about that. I was hoping I got lucky and explained it, but probably not. 
<laughs> no, you did. You did. And it's, it's just um, uh, more of this, you know, what if. Yeah, well, here's what I think. Future. It's not necessarily a what if. It's a what's happening in the future. So they go, they try to save the day. They try to stop Superman from becoming, succumbing to the, the anti-life equation. They try different mm-hmm. things. Flash gets on the cosmic treadmill. That's why in Batman v Superman, at the, after the nightmare sequence, you see the Flash there going, yeah. he's like, she's the key, Lois. And he's, then he looks, he's like, I'm too early. And the, yeah. that was the really important line because apparently yeah. Cyborg is trying to calculate exactly when to send the flashback so yeah. that Bruce can save Lois. Right. Well, and it's a bit of a spoiler because you didn't realize that that was Superman holding Lois, but I was kind of like, who else would Superman be holding? So okay. I don't consider it that much of a spoiler. So there's a lot of details in some of these scenes that it's pass Zach by Snyder very movie. quickly. <laughs> right. That's why I'm and like, it, they, gotta rewatch it. They, they pass by very quickly in what is a very long film. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, just in the interest of expressing some some criticism, frankly, right? This is one of the things that I would kind of have some beef with. Details like that, that I feel like are quite important to point out to people. Like, this is why you're seeing this and this is why this is important. Rather than having a half second of a flat, you know, this little thing that pops up on the screen and you see it for a half a second and you can't even understand what you're seeing. And yet we have a scene where these girls are singing a, folk him to the king of the sea for a minute and a half. Don't forget as beautiful as that was, I'm just pointing out like this priorities. Don't, don't forget, know. except for the um, Martian Manhunter and the post-apocalyptic scene and um, the very, 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 very end of when Martian Manhunter was visiting Lois, when it shows him turning into Martian mm-hmm. Manhunter and yeah. walking those that like two and a half minutes was there or three minutes was the only or I think it's four minutes was the only thing filmed last year. Oh, Everything else was filmed in twenty seven or twenty sixteen when Zack Snyder thought right. he got two more movies after this. Yeah, yeah, okay. So he sure. was playing the long game. Yeah, yeah, that makes so a lot for more instance, sense. He was showing that snippet, and the only reason I know one hundred percent certainty that Superman's holding a dead Lois Lane is because he told us that the reason Superman becomes evil is because Batman wasn't in the, he put Lois in the Batcave to protect her and Darkseid still got to her and killed her. He wasn't able to protect Lois Lane. That's why in the future, Batman is the one leading the charge. He feels as usual, he feels responsible for, for fucking up. Right. Um, And that's why everyone wants to see the next two movies. I mean, who, Warner Brothers is going to be throwing away a lot of money if they don't find a way to do this. <laughs> I just... hope they do. I mean, I know uh, they've obviously had plans in the works for the Flash in film, the last for a Green Lantern hours. film. <clears throat> so I was saying, uh, Zach dropped the Justice is Gray, or Zach and HBO Max. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. What I do know is it's AT&T and Jason Killar, and and he is the the he runs all of it. And you have Warner Media and HBO Max here and WB Pictures here. But Jason Killar runs that. So when Ann Sarnoff at WB Pictures says, we aren't doing any more Zack Snyder's movie, it's a cul-de-sac, it's over, it's that don't mean shit because it was put on HBO Max and she has nothing to do with that. Yeah. But she's been, her and Walter Hamada have been literally, how many like the Suicide Squad trailer trailer dropped today. We are barely a week after the Snyder Cut. Whereas yeah. after Wonder Woman 1984 dropped, they waited two weeks before there was anything. Yeah. They are literally trying to sabotage it. This is worse than what Disney did to John Carter from Mars. By oh. the way, have you ever seen that? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a decent movie. They just didn't yeah, advertise sure it. That's why it bombed. Sure it is. They literally I... sabotaged their own movie for some reason. Yeah. No, it was it was entertaining. I thought so. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's the same thing. So it really comes down to forget Warner Brothers Pictures. This will not be a theatrical release. If we get Justice League 2 and 3, it'll be on HBO Max, hmm. maybe even in a series format, which would be pretty perfect for Zack Snyder. Yeah. Well, 
on that note, um, yep. without getting too long in the tooth here, um, I think we will plan to do another episode, probably not as long, where we're going to talk about Marvel stuff. Because oh, we yeah, have a lot next to talk about. With... We're going to catch up on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's right. House of M. Yeah. I read the first, and I just remembered something. That first chapter, it, it, it that like the whole last quarter of it is she figures, she thinks the Avengers are, are going to, and the X Men are going to assassinate her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to get back into that. But yes, so we are hitting up Marvel next time. Um, well, fact, there's a comment you made about making it a about making it a series, and I'm trying to remember this quote from, I think it was Kevin Kevin Feige, um, I'm pretty sure who's who 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 said this. It was an interview talking about the series and the just the production of the writing and everything in the series that where they wanted each episode to have the tone and the pacing and the scope of a film, of a movie. Ooh. And it's one of the reasons why um, this is the first of these Marvel shows um, and even including the other, like the Star Wars shows, you know, with Mandalorian stuff that they've done, where typically most TV shows and those included have a different director each episode. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is not. The crew, the director, everything's going to be the same. So it's almost what the Snyder Cut was supposed to be. It was supposed Maybe. to be released as six episodes. Right. Very much like that. Which would have worked so, great. I'm not we'll going to lie, about, it would have been tough to wait the six weeks. We'll talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. We'll we'll um, get together here and uh, probably Sunday and, and talk about that. But um, at least the first episode absolutely struck that tone to me. I felt like I was watching an MCU film. Yes. I the will quality, say the only thing. The pacing, the writing, I'm, everything. Yeah, it was... It was awesome. The action was great. The story was great. But I will say this. It didn't, and I'm going to see how it goes. It didn't stick. Like if we would have tried to talk about it tonight, I would have been at a loss. It didn't stick in my head the same way WandaVision did. Okay. You know what I mean? It didn't, because it well, wasn't as crazy. Maybe. It's a little more grounded well, in the yeah. regular MCU. That's not right, a right. complaint. I'm just yeah. saying. I remember, yeah. I still remember the, I, we could talk at length about the finale of WandaVision right now, like a month later. And I'd be right. like, yeah. And this happened. And then, oh my God, I have to get that fight. And it was like vision. And oh my God, the vision battle. And I remember yeah, yeah. it all vividly. But yeah. And I am going to mention, I think that the Mandalorian and WandaVision and all of these things happening on Disney Plus are the things that could possibly save. Zack Snyder's universe. Mm-hmm. WandaVision, yeah. $150 million to produce that season. Mm-hmm. You give Zack Snyder $150 million to make Justice League 2 as a season or even as a, a movie, he can do it. Maybe the special effects won't be quite as great, but you never know. Right. He could yeah. throw in his own money. The dude is a producer, him and his wife are. But anyway, <laughs> so that is. I hope yeah. he's not listening to this. Right. Funny. I hope he is. You <laughs> Zack Snyder. <laughs> He's not a chair. You know who would be awesome to interview is Ray Porter. You should look up Ray Porter because this guy plays the most evil villain in possibly all comics. Unlike Thanos, Dark Side has no good intention whatsoever. He simply wants all of existence to be his. He's oh, well, that an awful person. That reminds but the me. guy who plays him is one of the sweetest humans alive. So Ray Porter is an absolute treasure. And that's where I will leave it. I'm not going to say don't forget to like and subscribe because I have a big thing in the credits that says it. And at some point in the next couple of weeks, Scott Hall will be recording a raging guitar track to our new theme song. So be ready Maybe. for that. Maybe. Maybe. All right. <laughs> and, uh, You'll probably get two episodes this week. We'll get this one, and then we'll have our Marvel ones, so it'll be something for everybody. So have a good night. <laughs>